When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Wednesday. It is indeed a Mr. Snurdly with you. If you'd like to be part of the program today, it's simple. All you have to do is pick up your phone, dial 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. There's nothing to it, I believe I can try, I believe I can touch the sky. You'll be touching your toes, pal. 30 years, ladies and gentlemen, for the uh, the crooner, R. Kelly. Yeah, and uh, they're not through yet. He's got another case. The next one, child pornography. I mean, this is a guy who allegedly was on sex tapes with underage girls. And the defense for that was, oh, that's not me, you see. on the t- I know it looks like me, but that's not me. 30 years. He's in his 50s. So he may be able to fly if he can. I would urge him to get some practice really quick. Because if he's not going to be flying in the next few days, he's going to be bending over, grabbing those ankles. We have a lot to do on the program today. That's our R. Kelly segment. It's done by R. Kelly, and good luck. Uh, There is a guest column today, ladies and gentlemen, in, of all places, the Ventura County Star. Now, the Ventura County Star is not a mainstream publication. I mean, it's not well-known as a mainstream publication. This particular article is written by Ross K. Goldberg. He's a resident of Westlake Village out there. Wrote a book, Only I Only Know What I Know. But listen to this. I'm a lifelong Democrat since my days as a student volunteer for Robert Kennedy's presidential run in 1968. Mr. Goldberg says I provide that admission because I'm about to endure the scorn of my political brethren by speaking ill of two of the party's beloved icons. But here goes. Much of the problems that America faces today can be laid directly 
at the feet of Hillary Rodham Clinton and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it's about time they no longer get a free pass for their actions. There. I said it. In 2016, the Democrats anointed Hillary Clinton. By the way, that is what Rush Limbaugh said. He's, and that was Rush Limbaugh's language. They have anointed her. In 2016, the Democrats anointed Hillary Clinton with his party's nomination because it was her turn. That was also Rush analysis. But history tells us that my turn has never been a good reason, a good enough reason for such an honor. Just ask Mondale, Dole, Gore, Kerry, McCain, or Romney. It was all of their turns, and they all lost. In fact, the last my turn candidate to win the presidency before Joe Biden was George H.W. Bush. 34 years ago. Conversely, it is often the ones whose turn it isn't. Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama, Trump, whose insurgency carried them to surprising victory. Sadly, the Democrats chose to ignore this truism and instead shamefully stacked the deck in the nominating process to favor their favorite. Remember that. Remember that Debbie Wasserman Schultz was running the DNC, and they stacked against the deck against Bernie Sanders. They should have known the storms were on the horizon when, even despite the game being fixed, she barely edged out an aging, little-known socialist from Vermont. He goes on to say, once nominated, the carefully orchestrated crescendo eroded into a misguided campaign from day one. Her arrogance was apparent throughout, and such inner divinity prevented her campaign from candidly acknowledging her weaknesses. Her relationship with the media was dreadful, and its erosion was felt by ordinary people. She failed to get young people and minorities, two constituencies she desperately needed, excited about her candidacy. She miscalculated the electorate's appetite for change over consistency. Worst of all, she could never really articulate why she was running other than it was because it was her turn. The author here continues that she lost and goes into the details of how she lost and the numbers. And then she says, Ruth, he says, Ruth Ginsburg had her turn too. Regrettably, she didn't even know when her turn should have been up. And for that, she deserves both credit and criticism. Credit for her passionate desire to serve and criticism for ignoring the political consequences of her actions. He then goes through all of her health challenges. And there are many, many multiple instances that Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought cancer. And he runs through them all. 
from going back from 1999 to when she passed. And then he says, when John Paul Stevens retired in 2010, Ginsburg became the oldest justice on the court. And rumors swirled that she would retire because of advancing age, poor health, and the death of her husband. Several times during Obama's presidency, progressive attorneys, activists called for her to retire so Obama could appoint a light. Could appoint a like-minded successor. In 2013, in 2013, Obama himself invited RGB to the White House when it seemed likely the Democrats would lose control of the Senate. But once again, she refused to step down. We all know how that ended. And the ultimate ironic twist, it turned out, that the final act of this heroine among feminists was to do a great disservice to women by remaining on the bench through the transition to a Republican president. Credit must be given to Justice Breyer for not making the same mistake. He says, this author, if the Dems hadn't stacked the deck in 2016, or if Clinton would have run even an adequate campaign. There would have been no Trump presidency, meaning no scoffing at climate change, no cavalier response to COVID-19, no big lie, and no January 6th. It's amazing what these liberals focus on, isn't it? And then he goes on to say they're both very smart individuals, two loyal Democrats, Two heroes to millions of people, but as F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote, show me a hero and I will write you a tragedy. Sadly, the tragedy this time is the state of our republic. Well, it's not a tragedy to me. And I can see why finally some Democrat is being honest about who they're blaming for the condition that they are in today. There is a story, this one from NPR today, about a Texas attorney, district attorney, who is one of dozens vowing not to prosecute abortion laws. And we we covered this earlier. The governor of Wisconsin What's this guy's name again, Governor Evers? Evers. I keep calling him Evers. Governor Evers has said he's not going to prosecute. And now you have dozens and dozens of district attorneys from around the nation saying they're not going to prosecute. And this should be a red flag warning to all Republicans. When you get in office next time, when you have the levers of power, you must do one thing. You have to prosecute these renegade Democrats. You have to, if they will not prosecute the law, then lawsuits should and must be filed to remove them from power. Every one of these Democrats, this is the whole sanctuary city thing. And this is what happened when we let this whole sanctuary city thing with immigration explode right underneath us, and Republican presidents didn't do anything to stop it. Donald Trump tried. He said he was going to withhold the money. 
But <clears throat> this is a direct challenge to our system of government. We have a hierarchy. Federal laws must be obeyed. States must obey federal law. And cities and municipalities must obey state law. When you have Democrats doing what they do, saying, nope, we're only going to, we're only going to, we are only going to protect citizens from the laws we agree with. And if we don't happen to agree with the law, screw that. We're not going to prosecute anybody. We're going to let illegal immigrants come in here. and We're not going to prosecute them because we don't feel like it. When you let that behavior slide, that's why we have this behavior now. It is time for Republicans to put a stop to this. If these people refuse to obey the law, if these district attorneys refuse and governors refuse to follow the law, it is time for Republicans to stand up, sue them in federal court, and demand that they be removed from office. That simple. And that means each and every one of them, from the dog catcher all the way up to the governor. If they won't obey American law, it is time for them to step aside. Or if they won't step aside, to be forced to step aside. Period. No discussion on that. The Republicans should not tolerate one sentence of dissent on this. James Golden, Bo Snerly, a.k.a. Bo Snerly. Representative Byron Donalds is going to be with us shortly. I want to talk to him about this continued liberal meltdown. We're coming back. More Bo Snerly's Rush Hour right after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerly. Rush On Rush. 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. WABC, Talk Radio 77 in New York. Ain't no sunshine when she. How do you like that mix? Bill Withers. I'll tell you what, there would be some sunshine if this one would go. Bette Midler. You know, I I never really understood why Bette Midler got where she got, to be honest with you. Um, and and I don't look. I'm, I don't want to disparage her personally. I don't know her personally. She may be a nice person, but every time Bette Midler is in the news, it just it's something that just makes me say, "Ew." Uh, she's still seventy six years old. She's still moaning and carrying on about the RV way decision. She says she posted, "It's time to ban Viagra because if pregnancy is God's will, then so is your limp DIC." Mm. I mean, isn't that classy? If pregnancy, which is a miracle, which is one of God's beautiful miracles on the earth for whole for the entire mankind, if pregnancy, if it's God's will, then so is your limp 
member. I mean, this is, this is, she says, uh, how dare they? This SCOTUS is absolutely tone deaf to the will and even the actual needs of the American people. First of all, Bette Miller, you don't represent the American people. You and your Hollywood ilk represent Hollywood liberals. That's about it. There are, I promise you, even many of the other liberals who think like you do wouldn't hail you as their representative. So you and Sam Jackson and all the rest of you, there's a black uh, actress, I forget her name, Elias or something like that, and I forget her first name. This girl is taking so much heat because she is pro-life, and she made a very simple declaration on social media about pro-life, and they are heaping such racial and every other abuse on this young woman. And it's sickening to read it. It's sickening to watch their reaction. These are the people who have lectured Americans for ages and ages about how we should behave, and they are throwing around the N-word like crazy on social media talking about Justice Thomas, talking about this actress. They're showing their quote-unquote true colors, and their true colors have nothing to do with compassion, with tolerance, with respect. It's all vile hatred for anyone that dares disagree with their point of view. There's a singer named Hazley or Halsey. I don't listen to her. I don't know. She was in Arizona. She leads the crowd, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, and then she lectures. These are people that pay money to come see her perform. She says, here in Arizona, you guys got to promise me that you're going to do that work so that the person to the left of you and to the right of you has the right for the rest of their lives, if it was, she's talking about abortion. She sings this song without me. And she tells the audience, if you don't like it, you can go home right now. I don't care. If you don't like it, I don't know, know why you came to a, a Halsey concert because I've never been shy about this is how I feel, blah, 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 blah. And then apparently a large number of people in the audience walked out on her. And that made the liberals even more apoplectic. She went on and on and on and on and on, talked about her own abortion and how it supposedly saved her life. And then she screams, F. Greg Abbott, F. Ken Paxson. These pe- I mean, this is what the left is these days. We are seeing who these people really are. I'm going to get to a telephone call early because I've been inviting people who have different point of views to call me here, and I don't want them to just sit on hold. Um, I promise you we're going to move their call up, and we will. Let's start in Rockland County with George. George, you're on Boston Airways Rush Hour. Welcome, and thank you for calling. Well, thank you so much for taking my call, Mr. Golden. Now, I don't want it to become to be a personal thing because it is not, okay? Let me tell you something, okay? I consider myself... And independent. It's very important to me. I don't believe of selling my soul to any party, okay? I also believe very strongly the Supreme Court in this case made the right decision, okay? I believe it should be handled by states, 
any state, if the people in the state don't like uh, the way the state is running now, change it and make it more applicable to your belief. But saying all this, okay, I want to take a different approach that some people take. You cannot come and say, well, uh, you know, you got pregnant, okay, check it out and just have the baby, okay? Obviously, we will not say to a man because man is not capable to do it. But if people react that way, you look on a woman strictly as a vessel, okay? That's the way uh, God created us, and that's it, okay? Now, maybe it was right many years ago, but you know better than I that uh, women uh, progressed. They uh, carry on with many functions within society. Uh, a lot of people, that's including men, depend on some women for their decision here, okay? So we can say, well, that's the way it is, okay? I believe strongly that a woman uh, right to make a decision about herself, that's meaning carry, decide to carry on uh, with the pregnancy, it's strictly hers, okay, because it impact on her life, uh, number one, as far as her uh, duties and uh, desires as far as the society, but also from a health point, okay, there are women that uh, suffer uh, because of a variety of health reasons, I'm not a physician here, as far as, uh, you know, as far as caring to term, uh, and even some that want to do it, okay, have to abort because of a variety of reasons. So it's not really a blank statement there. Well, that's the way it is. It, you know, it, it's kind of easy to uh, for men, and I'm a man, obviously, to make statements there. We don't have to go through this, okay? Now, I can say that if... Uh, society and the health uh, is uh, progressing to the point that after the minute of conception, you can come and pluck out, um, you know, uh, the unborn, and I'll call it an unborn because that's what it is. It's a human being, okay, and then uh, raise it outside of the woman body. Well, this may be, be, may be the solution, but I don't know if it's available. And as such, I believe that the woman, because she is the only one, ha does have the right to make a decision, uh, how, you know, if you want to carry it, great, okay, and a lot of women do, okay, but the one which feels that there are other reasons, and I don't believe that she even has to go and give a reason for it. It is her body. It, she has to do it. None of us has to, has to carry it to term here, and she does have a prerogative just because of it to make this decision. Thank you um, so much. Okay, so, we, so I let you, let, and, and, and by the way, George, thank you for your tone. I appreciate your time. Now, let me push back on some of what you said. And, and just a few moments ago, you said, well, it's her body. Um, George, I'm sorry, it's not. Her body is fine. The body of the unborn, as you said, the human being there, that's someone else's body. That body does not belong to her. That body belongs to who created it. And that body does not belong to her it is her choice what to do with her body and on that we agree and i wonder if you feel the same way about that when it comes to these vaccinations that these politicians especially left-wing demand that people take otherwise they lose their livelihood but that aside we can find all kind of justifications george to say that you know, times have changed. We have progressed. No, what you're talking about, George, is not a progression. It's a regression. In this society, 
even though we weren't as technically gifted as we are now, there was a common belief in the sanctity of life. That no longer exists, thanks to the almost 60 million abortions, 60 to 70, that have happened in this country, where that human life is now just disregarded and has less value to people than the egg of a turtle. A turtle egg, people will throw you in jail if you go and move that turtle egg. But you can kill and dismember a human being and then sell its body parts, and people will say nothing to you. That is not a progression. That is a regression. And by the way, these same William women that are so progressive and have done so much, we have also progressed with birth control. And, and so what is the excuse for having an unwanted pregnancy, George? George, time is running out. I'll give you the last word, but I'm going to invite you to call back again so we can continue our discussion. And I'm very grateful to you for discussing this the way that you are. So you get the last word. Well, thank you again, Mr. Golden. So it's very simple, okay? As I said, I said it before, okay? By the fact that the woman is the sole one to carry the unborn, you know, it gives us, it gives her some rights here that we as men don't, okay? Now, I have no argue with you as far as the sanctity of life. We are on the same page here, okay? But because you and I don't carry it, okay, the burden is not on us here. And as such, okay, in a free society, okay, her... She, she 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 has the responsibility okay and i i don't deny some of the some of your points here but the big difference here is that it's very easy to come and pontificate and say well this and that here but in the end we don't carry the unborn she okay. does okay i got you thank, thank you. you george let us continue this discussion and i mean that call back and let's pick it up from this point James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdy. It is Rush Hour, WABC, coming back after this. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snerdly. Oh, we're having an R. Kelly moment, are we? On WABC, MJ brings us back. Uh, talking to the Tenderonis. Yeah, 30 years, R. Kelly. And he's still got another trial that he's got to face. On the line with us, the telephone line is one of the rising stars in Congress. But first... We have to revise and extend the remarks of our very own Bob Brown. And here he is. Well, you know what? There's an old rule in broadcasting. If you make a mistake on the air, you shouldn't bring it up again. But you have to bring it up here because our, our, our listeners deserve it. I said alternate side parking rules were suspended. They are, in fact, in effect. My apologies. No worries. Thank you, Bob. And we're glad for the clarification. Now, Byron Donalds, one of the big stars in our Republican Congress, well, in the Republican Congress, rising star. If you don't know who he is, I urge you to look him up, and you can find videos of him speaking everywhere. Just brilliant. Byron, welcome. How are you this afternoon, Congressman? Man, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. 
great to be on the show with the great Bo Snurley. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, I have in my life not seen the kind of vitriol, Congressman, that uh, is being hurled at especially black people who disagree with this Roe versus Wade uh, decision from the Supreme Court and also Casey. Uh, Justice Thomas has been subject on social media to being called the N-word, and and there's an actress who spoke up pro-life. They're also calling her the N-word and carrying on. Have you seen the kind of anger and vitriol from the left? We have... Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show today, there are district attorneys now, dozens of them across the United States that say, well, just forget it. We're not going to, def- we are not going to follow the law here. What have you, what is your take after this decision? Well, a couple things. I think first for the people who've gone to Twitter, Facebook, or wherever else to either demean or character assassinate Clarence Thomas. My my real thoughts to you is yelling up with a bunch of cowards because I know you wouldn't do it to the man directly to his face because you just don't have that level of courage. I think that people who feel that their only response is to vilify a human being without even know them, you know, those are the people who love to talk tough when nobody's around, but when somebody challenges them, they're quick to leave the room. So I don't pay much attention to those people, and I'll also say to those folks that if they really have an issue that strongly. You know, they can come to Capitol Hill. They can come find me. We'll have a great conversation, but I know they won't say anything to me because I'm much bigger than most of them. So that's number one. Number two, more importantly, I think the issue you have is that the Supreme Court, led by Justice Thomas and by Justice Alito, mind you, right. actually did the right thing. What they did is said that the Supreme Court never had the authority for Roe v. Wade. Number two, Roe v. Wade was a terrible decision. It was a dumb decision. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it was a terrible decision, even though she likes the outcome of the decision. But the thing that's most important is for the political party who says they're constantly trying to save democracy, this actually puts abortion in the hands of the people in the various states. It actually increases democracy with respect to the most polarizing issue in the United States, which is abortion. It's been the most polarizing it hasn't changed. Getting rid of Roe v. Wade actually puts the power in the hands of the people in their individual states. But the reason why the left is so upset is because they don't believe in democracy. What they want is the court to uphold their ideas, regardless of the viewpoints of the American people. One of the things that we have seen is an uptick in violence. That violence toward pregnancy centers and toward other pro-rights organizations has been met with silence from the left. Does, if Republicans are successful in November in taking back the House and holding on to the Senate, do you think we'll see legislation or any move to protect people from this violence? Um, I think, I'm not quite sure about legislation. I think that part's possible. There'll definitely be investigations. And what I mean by that is, is that if you have local law enforcement it's not actually doing its job protecting these areas. Well, then there needs to be hearings on that. We need to get to the bottom of that. At the state, at the state level, in these state legislatures, these members of the legislature need to do their job and make sure that their enforcement agencies are doing the job protecting everybody, not just picking and choosing based upon politics. From the federal level, it's not totally clear where the FBI falls into this or the Department of Justice. 
But the only thing I'll say that if Merrick Garland thinks it's cool to investigate parents, then he should be investigating uh, what's happening to these pregnancy resource centers that are actually trying to help women, you know, do the natural thing, which is give birth to their babies. The Department of Justice definitely needs to look at it. And if they're not looking at it, then in Congress, we should make them look at it. Now, Representative, I know you and your wife are very active when it comes to education and charter schools. There was a ruling that this Supreme Court made that actually will allow parents to have a greater freedom where they want to send their children. If it's to a charter school that happens to have a religious orientation, it's okay. They have the freedom to do that. Uh, The Biden administration has been openly hostile to charter schools. How do you view what the court ruled in that instance? Well, what the court did was the best decision. And that was one of the two decisions that dealt with this fallacy of separation between church and state. I know that in the New York Times and on CNN, the separation of church and state is akin to abortion policy. But the truth of the matter is it's not in the Constitution. It never was in the Constitution. The justice that brought up separation between church and state is a gentleman named Hugo Black, who was a lawyer for the Klan and hated the Catholic Church. That's where this separation between church and state came from with respect to Supreme Court dogma. So I think what the, what the court did in the main decision was say, listen, if you're going to fund schools, you do not have the ability to, to ignore religious schools. That's unconstitutional. Somebody going to a religious school and being funded with tax dollars is not the state supporting a religion, quote-unquote, because what the Constitution does say is that the federal government cannot put forward a national religion. That's what that, that's what that contents means, that they can't put forward one religion. But it doesn't mean that states can't fund a bunch of religious schools that are not going to become the primary, quote-unquote, religion of the state. That's actually, that actually is allowed to happen. There's not a national church of the state of Florida or the state of Maine, but if those states want to have tax dollars go to children being educated in those schools, that is perfectly allowable and is actually protected under the Constitution. So I think it's a great decision. The problem is you got people on the left who don't want religion at all. That goes to the other court, the case with the coach who was just basically praying after the football game. They want to get rid of religion out of the public square. They don't have an understanding that religion has always been a part of the public square because the way our country works and our laws work is that it requires, in some respects, of people who have a Judeo-Christian ethic, because the Judeo-Christian ethic actually has respect for authority and respect for the rule of law. Representative Donalds, listen, folks, you are if you are new to this representative, I again urge you to take the time to just do a little research and go look at some of the work that he has done. This is your first term. What have you, are you discouraged after your, your first term in Congress, you have been in the quote-unquote minority. How have you fared this term? Do you find it discouraging? Are you still have the same fire in your belly to be in Congress as you did when you ran? What, what, what is your take after spending one term in office? Well, my first take is that Nancy Pelosi needs to go. I mean, look, the speaker, the current speaker of the House, is not focused on the issues that the American people are concerned about. Inflation, the economy, gas prices, the crisis at the southern border, um, you know, foreign policy issues. 
she's so concerned with trying to get Donald Trump, which I think is the is the most ridiculous thing in the world at this point. Um, so, so that's number one. It's been disheartening to see the House run under her speakership. Um, but I still have the passion because we have real solutions to fix a lot of the issues in our country. Like we can actually fix our energy system. We can actually move towards lower emissions if that's what people want to do. We can do, we can do that. We can have a sound economy. We can have really good supply chains. Uh, we can secure our southern border. We can actually get our education system back on its feet. But you got to have policies and solutions. And I think the thing that's most heartening about Congress is that you have an old guard that's been in Washington far too long, that's more concerned about their power, their authority, the way Washington works, as opposed to the way government should be working on behalf of the people. But I still have the, the passion to get the job done, so I'm not going anywhere. Wow. Awesome to hear from you. Please come back, Representative Byron Donalds from Florida. And I hope that uh, if Republicans do end up in the majority, that you are quickly elevated into leadership. I don't know anybody that can articulate the Republican platform, the conservative platform, better than you can. Thank you for being with us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, coming back. Your call is coming up after this. Don't go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. Rolling Stones bring us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77. I shouldn't even say the name of this song monkey (laughs) monkey man gotta love the stones let's head back to the telephones ellen in manhattan you're on rush hour bo snurley's rush hour how are you ellen Good, Bo. I think that you should put together a Bo favorite songs night, and we should all go dancing. I, I love that, that idea. I that totally great? love Yes, it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> um, I called about Lee Zeldin. Big congratulations. I would have taken any of those guys. Uh, but uh, I, I, Lee, I feel, Lee, and it's going to be tough, man. It's, he's got the best shot. Here's my advice to him, though. He's got to keep it together. I don't know what happened to him. I met him in person, very composed. He's got a great resume. He's got the experience. And I was very impressed with Andrew Giuliani, although I'm sorry to say he's got a bit of a stench with Trump and his father and all that. Who I'm not disagreeing with them. I'm just saying, you know how people are. But I'd like to see, I'd love to see actually Andrew in a, in a local election in New York City. I think he could do really great. But as far as Lee goes, he's got to keep it together because Kathy Hochul is an ice queen and nothing is going to rattle this woman when they get on that stage and they debate. Uh, and she's going to throw up abortion and guns every seven seconds. They can be talking about taxes, and she's going to start talking about abortion and guns. So he's got to really be on his game and focus and and not go off the rails. We and what he has, and as a response, uh, Ellen, he should bring up every time she mentions guns, he should bring up New York's out of control crime rate and her part in letting these repeat criminals wander the streets so that they can prey 
on other innocent people. And he should also bring up the economy and what Democrats did to destroy New York's economy during the pandemic. And if she's Miss Tough, how come she didn't actually go after Cuomo? There are so many things that you can go after this woman with and her authoritarian qualities now where she still thinks that she's a dictator more than a governor. This woman can be beaten, and I hope you're right. I hope he keeps it together, Ellen, and he beats her fanny. Doc in Brooklyn, New York. Thanks, Ellen. want to hear from you again, my love. Doc in Brooklyn, New York. How are you, Doc? I'm good, Bo. Good to talk to you again. Just a quick point. I've noticed and I've gotten arguments on social media that some of these abortion believers uh, say that men should have mandatory vac- uh, vasectomies if women have to have abortions. And that sounds very Nazi to me. Uh, let's uh, kill the ones we don't want, and let's sterilize the other ones we don't want to make our perfect society. And it really, really uh, wrecked that, my, uh, my, my friend. You just came up with one of the with one of the best retorts to that statement. Somebody should mention that to uh, Bet Midler. Let us go to Steve in Brooklyn. Thanks for the call, Doc. Steve, how are uh, you? Language is all important, and they keep talking about progressive. Well, cancer is progressive. Multiple sclerosis, muscular dystrophy, Parkinson's disease, all progressive and all harmful. Um, I think the language is all important, and along that line, we should change POTUS to PAYTUS. POTUS stands for President of the United States, and Joe Biden is President against the United States. Well, my friend, you have kind of nailed it. Very quick, brief, to the point. Love it, Mike, in Bergen County. Welcome. You're on Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. I actually called when you were asking for opposing decisions. Um, so I'm going to be contrary to the previous three callers. Okay, great. And, all right, cool. My point is that women didn't choose not to be male when they were born, right? Okay. The same way that black and Asian people didn't choose to be black or Asian. Mm-hmm. So hear me out. Even if we agree that life inside of them is not them, that's what you said earlier just before the half hour. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a point where during pregnancy the fetus – could not live outside of them, and so therefore isn't life. And so wouldn't the person carrying that organism that's not life, who didn't choose to be female, doesn't she have a right to control her own body? Let me ask you a question, Mike. Sure. If uh, Do you agree with the environmental approach that we shouldn't tamper with turtle eggs because if we do – um, number one, the, they will not be born, and therefore this is an endangered species, and we should do everything we can to protect them. Do you agree with that position? Well, it's an interesting uh, question that you posit, because then I can take it back intellectually and say, shouldn't we not tamper with sperm and or eggs? Well, like, but let's talk about the turtle eggs. Make... What, what is your answer with the turtle eggs, though? With the turtle eggs, not tamper with them. They're not life. There's not tampering. It's so it's okay. We should just be able to, people should just be able to walk along the beaches after the turtle legs, the, lays the eggs, pluck them up, take oh, all of them. Eggs. I'm sorry. Yeah, turtle eggs. Turtle eggs. No, no, turtle. I, turtle eggs. Yeah, the sea turtles. I've, I've, I've got zero problem 
Well, actually, that's not quite germane to the issue because you're talking oh, it is. about human it life is. and human oh, oh, beings. Oh, no, 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 it is. No, you, you see, are. the very that's, people, that's the, Mike, the very the people that tell us, let me, I let you, this is the discussion, hear me out the way I heard you out. The very people that tell us that we should have no respect for human life tell us that if you dare turn your lights on in the winter, if you dare touch a turtle egg, they will throw you in jail because you are endangering the life of a turtle. Now, are human beings at least worth the same as turtles? Go ahead. Of the female human, no, you are. You're using a non sequitur to talk about the female human who didn't choose to be female, Mm -hmm. who has this egg inside of them, that is not a life. It's more than an egg, Mike. It is egg and sperm, and it is a life. Life begins at conception. Where else could it begin? So what you so it would be okay with you and the right if when that conception happens, if we remove that egg and grow it in a test tube, that would be okay. Some people do it. I don't look I I don't I if that's what it takes, I don't mind that. But here's my point. At least let us be consistent. Not to make a woman's right to abortion to say a woman's right should be remove the egg, put it in a test tube, let the baby grow. Well, if that's what, Mike, it may come down to that. Look, this is back in the hands of the states now. I think what many of us were were concerned about was that this issue was put in the one-size-fits-all category of the federal government. Let's not lose track of that. In some states now, there will be no prohibitions on abortion. So you and people that think like you will have your way. In other states, there will be restrictions. And that, Mike, adheres to our founding. That is the view of America that the foundings had, that we had different states, and if laws were not enumerated by the federal government, the states could work out the solutions to these complex problems that you and I both have a disagreement on. And that's where I'm I'm fine. Roe v. Wade should have been and Casey should have both been overturned because they were bad law and they were unconstitutional. And that's my biggest point here. Now, there is a point about morality, but I don't ever expect the left to agree with us on morality because, frankly, well, I don't want to say it. Go ahead, Mike. You get the final word today. And I want to hear okay, back yeah, from Mike. you. Time, time's running out, so I can't keep you longer, but I really do hope you call back. I enjoy the discussion with you, Mike. I Go hear ahead, you, you Bo, and f- I really thank you for accepting my call. So I ask if states' rights are so important, do we really want to go back to states' rights in its entirety? Think of the 1960s. In the 1960s, if we allowed states' rights to be the paramount argument in every discussion, then blacks and Asians wouldn't be treated the same as non-blacks and Asians. Well, I got news for you. They're still not. I'm sorry. I did say I was giving you the final word, and I jumped in. You provoked it. I couldn't help it. (laughs) Mike, they're still not treated. Mike, all you got to do is go to any blue city and look at the way that Democrats treat black people and Asians. They're still not being treated equally. They live substandard school, substandard services, crime-ridden neighborhoods that Democrats refuse to fix. The list goes on and on, and you look at Asian people being attacked all over this country, and what are the Democrats doing to protect them? Nothing. That's your argument. Because Democrats are Democrats. 
But this is still the best system that we have, Mike. I thought you were going somewhere else with the states' rights thing. I can't wait to hear from you again. Hey, Mike, you know what? Mike, I haven't seen Democrats and liberals and progressives this angry since a Republican president told them they couldn't have slaves anymore. Go ahead. I'm not even a Democrat. What are you? What are you? I'm pointing out to you. I'm pointing out. I'm I'm a Republican leaning independent. Cool. Your argument saying that the state should make the right on this specific issue is like the red herring because if states had the right to make these choices, a lot of other human rights would be lost. It is not a red herring, my friend. It's constitutional. You can't argue that point. Well, you can, but you won't win it. This comports directly to our Constitution. We are so out of time. Want to hear from you again. Again, Mike, we haven't seen Democrats. And progressives this angry since a Republican president told them they didn't have the right to own slaves. John Katsimidis is up next. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Bolsonaro's Rush Hour. And remember, on Saturday, July 2nd, we're doing a 100-year celebration here of the morning shows on WABC. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. See you tomorrow. Bye.